Oh yeah. Bay vibes with a whole lot of laughs. Kicking knowledge on a new podcast. Dad vibes, but we run it with class. Listen up, show love, homie. It's the second half. Yeah, it's the second half. Hey, it's the second half. Kicking knowledge on a new podcast. Listen up, show love, homie. It's the second half. Second half of the second half. Yes, sir. Uh, and we're here with John Pena Serrata. Thank you. Uh, thank you. We're gonna we're gonna dive right into a pretty a pretty big topic, which I think is gonna elicit some some good conversation, which is Filipino food. Hey, and uh, I love it. Not only is it good, is it good for you? So uh, the misconceptions, <laughs> uh, like you were saying earlier about the misconceptions that people say, "Well, you're unhealthy because you eat a lot of Filipino food." And yeah. So let, let's 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 talk about what's myth, what's reality, and 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 jump right in, right? So, um, where do we where do we go from there? We go a lot of directions from there. You know what's interesting? I think for me, for, this is what I want to hear. <clears throat> How do you, since you're in the wellness industry, and you're Filipino, obviously. How do you deal with that in with, in your own family with yeah. your parents? You know, when we're talking about the culture being a barrier, mm-hmm. how, how does that go for you? What, what do you do? How do you get around that? Well, I, I, it goes back to like um, social constructs, right? Um, meaning um, classes in the Philippines were, to me, when I grew up, when I lived there, I lived there for eight years as a little kid. Um, until now, there's, you know, really pretty defined barriers of the classes, right? And it's always become like, what are the, what are the low class poor people eating? What are the, those that can afford it eating, right? And so the funny thing is, and when I remember as a little kid, you know, we are probably, my family were probably one of the few middle class folks back in the day. This was like in the 80s. And um, the quote-unquote, folks that were in the lower class, whether they were the um, housekeepers, right, the the katulong, you know what those are, right, katulong, uh, maybe even, like, the drivers and whatnot. They all came from certain provinces, right? And when they would eat, I would always look at, hey, they're kind of eating differently versus those that had a little bit more. To uh, to be able to pay you know certain levels of food, like I always remembered veggies, some kind of fish, rice, right, and then we would those of the other side would be like, oh hey, um, let's go eat at McDonald's. Oh man, it's a treat, <laughs> right? What a treat eating McDonald's. And again, this is late mid mid eighties. As a kid, I don't know, you know, it was highlighted that I'm going to go eat McDonald's. So it's, there's a certain uh, prestige about it. Not knowing what these so-called lower class, uh, I don't don't really know how how to call them, but that's what we were calling it back in the day. We're actually eating what we should be eating. And so my point is the uh, modernization and of um, life and culture and whatnot has affected the food because now you're taking ingredients that have been maybe not as predominant previously, now is dominant, such as sugar, right? I mentioned earlier, I'm, I was in the Philippines, and I'm like, why are, why are our people experiencing the same diseases that Americans are experiencing? I'm talking about high blood pressure, diabetes, Obesity and whatnot, right? I mean, the obesity there is not that bad, but you get my point. Um, and when it comes down to it, their ingredients have changed, right? Um, now they're also using whatever it is that was being pushed over there and sold. Um, interestingly enough, I looked at coconut sugar and has 
has a lower glycemic index than regular sugar. So I'm like, oh, we should be using coconut sugar. Right? So when it comes to like social status, that has affected the mindset of our folk, our people, I think, because there's a prestige about, you know, westernization and modernization. While we're over here like, oh, wait a minute. That's not normal. That's not always the best, right? Mm -hmm. Right? Because this country is experiencing a rate of obesity that's gone crazy, Mm -hmm. right? And it's affecting kids. One of the the latest (laughs) medication that's being pushed out there is for 12-year-olds. It's it's a quote-unquote obesity drug. I don't even want to press them because... You know, I don't give no no shout out to those guys, but think about that, right? So, going back to what you're saying, um, culturally, just like anything else, you take Chinese food; they had to re- they had to adapt it to the American palate, right, in order for it to sell, and so they're therefore adapted it and created, used different ingredients that was for the American palate. Did you know that chocolate tastes different here than versus anywhere else? Completely. Completely, yeah. right? Yeah. So is the American palate, right? Um, crazy. Because I, I, the Chinese food, if you, traditionally, it's like one of the healthiest you could ever have in, in, in how to prepare food. But what's Panda Express doing? <laughs> sorry, sorry, y'all, sorry. Y'all. Hey. <laughs> there goes two right? nights. <laughs> No, but even even your local Chinese spots, they've already adapted. But if you talk to them and ask them, hey, can you guys make me something that's more like traditional? Yep. They'd love to do it. Yep. And we'll actually like cook something that's really fresh and good. Yeah. Right? So the same thing has happened to our foods. Our foods are rich, but now you're utilizing, you're using ingredients that were maybe not as ideal. Right? right? I went to, uh, first time I went to Bicol two months ago. Uh, you guys ever heard of Bicol? Yeah, it's a province, right? Mayon Volcano. Fucking beautiful. A lot of their food was spicy and had coconut milk in it. And I asked myself, what's, what's wrong with that? That that sounds healthy to me. Right? right? Their food, their, they had taro leaves. They, I mean, you know, fresh ingredients and stuff like that. But now when you start mixing in too much, like, oh, because the palate's changing, start adding more sugar to it, then that's that's when it becomes unhealthy. Right? That's when it becomes unhealthy. Oh, here's a tidbit for you guys. If you take rice, after you cook it, cool it off, put it in the fridge overnight, take it out, and you eat that rice, whether you warm it up or not, the glycemic load and index will drop by like 30% or so. Really? Yeah. And has shown that it won't spike your sugar levels. From the next. Uh, I think not. It could be a day, or at least you have to make it cold. Then from there, you could heat it up again. Huh. Little tidbit for you guys: if you like to eat rice, but you're a little bit worried about letting your sugar levels go up, don't eat hot, fresh rice. Go make it cold first. So you can start like creating a system. Everything that you cook today, you won't eat that rice till tomorrow. Make it cold first. Damn. That will help with controlling your sugar levels. The, the only food that's better the next day. Rice. Rice. Well, in, in most rest, like Asian restaurants, they make fried rice out of cold rice. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right? That's right. Yeah. The reason why they found this out is because they were wondering why in the Japanese culture, they had very low levels of diabetes and they ate rice all the time. Mm. Well, guess what? Sushi rice is cold. It's or cold actually, rice. they cool it off yeah. first and then ser- serve it room temperature, right? So it's not fresh and hot. It's, it goes down first. Mm-hmm. So um, the glycemic load and the, also the, the starch levels drop. So your body is it's not readily available. So that's, why, that's how blood sugar levels go up is because when they process it, it the, the sugar gets into your bloodstream like that right, really fast. And if you're not moving and exercising and utilizing it, you know, your insulin level goes up. Then it takes it, puts it into fat cells. But if you got a food that's, you know, higher fiber, lower glycemic index, it doesn't get into your bloodstream as fast. The process takes longer. So your bloodstream and your insulin levels don't shoot up. I'm going to need a John hotline. 
Yeah? Huh? Well, that's... Uh, I'm going to need a hotline. That's some Bill Nye, the science Yeah, guy. yeah. I'm going to need a hotline. Like, every night. Like, can I eat this tonight? Yeah. Tomorrow. Just text me. I got you. Yeah. So, uh, you, said, uh, you said you said you said earlier. Yeah. And you said taro leaves. That's actually my favorite dish. Yes. Lying, bro. Just, oh, man. Lying, lying is the bomb. That is the bomb. It's my ultimate favorite. But... There's one called pinangat. You should check that out. They don't the have that here. What is the difference? So pinangat is they take the taro. Well, so what they do is they take coconut, shredded coconut, and they make these patties with the shredded coconut and shrimp or maybe fish, mm-hmm. right, seasoning. They wrap the taro leaves around it. Looks like a patty mm-hmm. of taro leaves. Then they cook that whole thing in coconut milk. Oh, what? Woo! Really? And I'm sitting there like, why don't we have this in the States? Nobody's making this in San Francisco? What's going on? So it's sort of like, so, a, like a taro leaf coconut dumpling almost? Uh, think of, uh, you, you guys, um, pork lao lao? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? It's like a like a patty and it's like, a, here's a taro leaves and there's pork inside. Yeah. Right? Oh, so think oh, about oh. that. But you also, obviously, you can eat the taro leaves. Yeah. And then inside it is like shredded coconut shrimp, fish, oh. whatever it is that they make. Oh. That sounds. That sounds like. Fun. It's Where good. Where are we going? Next? <laughs> I don't think any. I don't know of any <laughs> restaurants that make it here, honestly. And I asked my mom if nobody makes that over here, Damn. and and I told my mom too because her she's, uh, her, her my grandma's from there, and I told her why are you guys holding out? Yeah, <laughs> I've never had this before. Yeah, I've never heard of it ever. Yeah. yeah, this is the first time I'm I'm hearing of it. Yeah. My sister, who who was with me, who used to own the restaurant, she took all the notes. So I'm like waiting for her to make it. <laughs> yeah. How do we? I let y'all. I let y'all know. Yeah, I let y'all know. <laughs> sorry, man. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, wait. So second question to that. I'm sorry. I was stuck on. I was stuck on. <laughs> the Ooh, uh, How do you have that conversation about? Awareness with your, let's say, with your parents. Yeah, yeah. You know, because they've, they've, they're accustomed to this. This is how they've been eating for, you yeah. Know, their whole again, lives. again, like I asked my mom the other day, like <clears throat> recently, I go, because, uh, you know, I, I push the vegetables, right? I push it. So I noticed that when she prepares food and whatnot, the vegetables seems to be limited. So I just posed the question. I go, Mom, did you guys not eat the vegetables when you were young? Because I you know I thought in the Philippines there was a lot of vegetables. She goes, well, and I think this had something to do with that social class status I was talking about. Yeah. It's almost like if you ate that kind of food, it's maybe like lower class thinking. I'm like, mm, man, I don't know. I'm just guessing, right? Because she said, yeah, you know, we didn't. They didn't really push the vegetables on us. Mm-hmm. I was like, huh, okay. interesting. Yeah. Right. While here, we're you know we're, yeah, it's more expensive for organic food, vegetables and whatnot than, than than your processed cereal, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's the the heart to me the hardest people to have to believe in what I do, are family. Mm-hmm. Ask any doctor, nurses, <laughs> ask any my my people that my friends that are all in the healthcare. Right, my cousin's a Cairo. He's like, dude, my my parents don't believe me. <laughs> my boy, same thing. They're all like, man. So like, they do now. They listen, but it's it's really tough. Like, I almost feel like they validate somewhere else, and they come back to me. Oh yeah, remember that thing you talked about? Yeah, yeah. This so you know, uh, Esther over there said she does it. I was like, oh, cool. So now everything's good because Esther over there does it, right? Okay, cool. So it, it's it's tough, right? It's almost like it has to go through the cycle of like, who are you listening to, in order for this to actually you know be believed, right? Especially if it's coming from my son or my own kids. So it, it's it's tough, and so I just literally family gatherings, right? We all potluck or whatever. I'm usually the vegetable guy. Hmm. And then I have influenced um, my sisters. So um, they, too, make sure that there's, you know, healthier options. You know, because there was a point where I was, like, sitting there looking at the spread. And I go, there's nothing all, green on this table. All, all meat. <laughs> well, all meat. And, and it was all brown and white. Yeah. Brown, white, maybe yellow. I go, where's the green? <clears throat> right? So um, now I just try to emphasize that. Where's the green at? You know, 
I think you're one of the only people I've ever heard actually mention that when it comes to the Filipino culture. Yeah. That there is a, a classism. Oh, there's, absolutely. There's a, a social structure there that, yeah. that is just hard to overcome. Yeah. My mom is the same way. You know, my mom mm-hmm. <clears throat> loves pork. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I call her out like, hey, I don't remember grandma's table looking like that. Yeah, what yeah. is her table like? Yeah. You know? and, and I think it comes down to a lot of that mindset. So when you think about our people, at least when I think about it, it it's deep rooted like a lot of other things. Colonization yeah. runs, you know, not just in deep, the blood, man, but deep. you know, now in you know it runs in arteries, right? It's oh, absolutely. colonization. Um you kind of look back at history, World War Two. Yeah, that uh, that famous spam can. Yeah, right? yeah, that spam can, just like it did to the Hawaiians and Polynesian culture. Yeah, Guamanians, it Guamanians, it reshaped yeah. how Filipinos view food. And you're right; they had everything that was organic, yet it was just easier to, you the know, convenience. The convenience, yes, that's like anything. That's like exactly. Anything. Go to the cans. Go to the processed yeah. food. It was just a lot easier for them to to substitute and go from there. So. Oh, it's, uh... it's it's crazy because this is how I've gone through thinking about this and how con- how I connected to like history, colonialism, Americans coming in, this and that. That whole like bringing that type of food to our people and all the different islanders, I almost felt like they did that to affect us from within because we were very physical, right? You've heard of all the. Uh, the, the 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 struggles that the Filipino during the Philippine American War, how hard was it for them to overcome the Filipinos? Because they were getting guerrilla fighting was not mm-hmm. something that they could do. The, mm-hmm. the the Filipinos were out there chopping heads off. So mm-hmm. I feel like okay, did they just want to make us all unhealthy by feeding all this crap, right? And now we've succumbed to that. I mean, I'm, this is all conspiracy theory to me, but whatever. I've come to that point where I'm like, well, this is what happened, it right? Sense. It makes sense. <laughs> this, this, this is how it transpired. Yeah. You got to gain some type of advantage, right? Right. Right. I mean, and the thing is, I personally think our, our as much as we're very welcoming and good people, we're also folks that you don't fuck with, right? Right. So imagine if they're trying to go in there and try to influence, take control we need to weaken them in certain ways. Mm-hmm. Might not be just a physical thing, right? Oh, get them to buy our shit. Get them to, you know, do this. And, man, that's what it's come down to. I think that's, you know. The, the sad part is that's still going on today. What part? Just just, just the, the pushing of. Oh, yeah. But it's not just now. It's not just that. It's right. everywhere. It's right. here. Right. Right? It's here in our our culture in the United States, right. right? Why is it that nutritious foods are more expensive? Right. It makes no sense. Yeah. doesn't make sense. And why, and why, why, as a superpower, do we have food that other countries ban? Yeah, right. So what, what's really feeding the, 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 the where, what they say is go, go follow where the money's going. Mm-hmm. And you'll find the real story, right? Because right. right now, like, the reason why um, the ingredients of processed foods are cheap is because it's being it's, the government subsidizes it. They don't subsidize enough on um, on on uh, organic food, mm-hmm. right? Right? Yeah, organic food is is expensive. Right, it's more expensive. Why should it be expensive? You just grow the damn thing. You don't do anything. The 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 land will do it. Right. <laughs> right. But it's where's the money? What's the what's being subsidized? And then here's your conspiracy theory. You get people unhealthy. Then what? Mm-hmm. They get they they get prescribed medication. That's that's where your that's where your end goal is, right. right? Call it what it is. You know, but money's in the medicine. That's that's where it's at. That's why we got to take hold of it and be like, well, let me control what I eat and how I live actively and health wise. Right. So let me read off some stats here because we mentioned the the O word. Obesity. Obesity. So looking at some stats here, data collected between 2017 and 2020, 41.9% of adults in the United States have obesity. Mm. The same data set suggests that 19.7% of adolescents and children in the United States 
14.7 million individuals have obesity. Mm-hmm. These numbers are daunting, right? Yeah. So like you said, government-wide, we can kind of agree without agreeing why this is happening. But from a smaller community perspective, why is this an invisible thing? Why are we not talking about it more? Why is that not something we engage in? You do it. You do it in your family parties, as you said. You you don't see green on the table. You you oblige yourself to bring the green to the table. Right. Why isn't that happening more? So there's a thing when it becomes the norm in society, right? When you wake up in the morning or as a little kid, you learn something during that time frame that to you is just the norm. And as you get older, it becomes, it continues to be the norm until something happens where you start questioning that norm, right? So they have done such a good job in making this the norm, right? Starting with, um, with, with, with that data right there is also should tell you that it started growing because of the Convert not conversion, but the release of this food guide pyramid and this idea. You guys know what the food guide pyramid is, right? You, so, you speak to it. so there's a pyramid. It's an old one, and it 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 divides the types of foods that we eat: grains, proteins, fats, dairies, so forth and so on. And it's a pyramid because it says on the bottom is the most servings that you should have in your meals. Mm. The top is the less. So do you, what do you think is on top? Veggies. No. Oh. <laughs> in, in this food guide pyramid, fat is the least. Uh-huh. What's the most that is in this food guide pyramid that you should eat? It's grains. It's grains. No, it's grains. Oh, damn it. It's grains. That's the most. Okay. Okay. So there's a correlation that our industry is saying, look, ever since we followed this stupid, <laughs> stupid, this food guide pyramid, guess what happened to our people? The obesity rate has gone up. Right. The diabetes rate has gone up, right? Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. That's what happened. And so the schools started following it. Mm-hmm. Right? Who remembers going to the beanery and just ordering pizza? Yep. Right? <laughs> they, actually, they actually used to... I remember in school they actually used to say that pizza was relatively healthy. Because you got... Proteins, fat, and Proteins, carbs. Carb. Yeah. You, you know, speaking to the pyramid. Right. Speaking to the pyramid. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. pyramid. Pizza. <laughs> yeah. Pizza. It's a slice. Let's go get that. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, that's, that's one of the things that was, you know, that that's correlated, has a correlation right. to that, too. And that changed the, the, the society and how food is accepted. Right? So, again, there's food lobbyists. And the, and and they they push for all the stuff that's out there, right? And so, why is it not in front of us? Because how how many? Well, let's just talk in the in the in your own circle of friends and family. How many of you guys are concerned about what's how much sugar is in that um, that thin mints on the uh, on the uh, Girl Scout cookies? Mm-hmm. And so, like, I think forty gram forty forty grams that's of sugar. Not- what is it? I forgot. It's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. Right there in the back. Yeah, there you go. How many sugar? Don't ruin thin mints for me, man. Say it. Ruin it for me. Don't ruin thin mints. Total sugar? Total sugar, like, uh, what's the serving size? Oh, serving size like is three four cookies. cookies. Four cookies. Okay, four cool. cookies. Four cookies. Four cookies. Girl Scouts. Here we go. Ten grams total sugar. Four cookies. That's healthy. Four cookies. Not too bad. But do we stop with four cookies? Does it help if you freeze it first? <laughs> Can I eat it the next day? No, freeze it, it, make it cold, and then eat it the next day? <laughs> you know what? Actually, so that, that idea again. works with uh, bread also. No what? way. Yeah. Really? Yeah. You guys can look this up. I'm not. I'm putting all my bread no, in the freezer. So Sorry. everything in the freezer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so ice cream is so what you're no, telling no, me no, no, on the freezer. No. Ice cream is good. <laughs> ice cream is already cold. <laughs> yeah, dude. If your ice cream isn't cold to begin with, something is wrong. <laughs> That's hot chocolate. Yeah. It's milk. I mean. <laughs> no, but I mean, 
you're you're absolutely right. We should we should be doing our own part for it. So Thin Mints in my household isn't allowed. My wife isn't here, which is why we have it here right now. <laughs> uh, um, we don't have it here. That's right. We don't have it. You here. don't have it here. You know, w- one more thing that I wanted to talk about really quick about obesity, and this is kind of a pivot. O- obesity, the word obesity, it's defined as having a body mass index uh, of 30 or higher. Mm-hmm. Is that... Who comes up with that? Why is the body mass index qualified as 30 So this is also where um, these regulatory numbers can be controversial. Because you could ask who is this based out of? And why is it now being applied to everybody? Right. Right? So that's always going to be the question. Because that seems to box a lot of people. Sure. And a lot of it is based off of white people. There we go. I mean, it is. Right. That's what these numbers, where these numbers came from. Colonizers. You know? <laughs> now, because, I don't know, you could have um, some of the biggest brothers out there in the, in the Samoan culture. Their BMI might not be that low mm-hmm. or whatnot, but man, are they healthy? Are they athletic? Are they strong? Yeah. I mean, you know, so it's individualized, really. It comes down to it. But that's what these numbers are based on, right? Same thing with, like, body fat. Body fat percentages, right? For men, you should be below 20% if you can. Mm-hmm. The older you get, they allow you to have more. But who is that based out of, right. right? Now, statistically, they can connect that to health-related issues, right? But... So who are they studying? Right, again. But just because your body fat is high doesn't mean you have diabetes, Right. Right. Or just because your BMI is higher doesn't doesn't mean you have diabetes. Right. So you got to come back to the individual and and ask yourself what's how do you stay healthy and where where's your line at? Mm-hmm. Right. I will say that in general, though, some of those numbers can be applicable to the general population. Um, but again. The more I work with individuals, the more it, became, it becomes more. What's the individual thing for you? Sure. Yeah. yeah. So you do have to kind of look at that that way. Okay. Yeah, because I, I feel like this is, uh, when, when you're talking about that, the BMI of 30, this is based on means. Right? Mm-hmm. Means and averages. So, yeah. You know, me, let's just compare. Sorry to put you guys on the spot here. Bird, dog, and peaches here. I mean, two very <laughs> contrasting very healthy. Two very healthy individuals. Two fucking physical specimens here. I walk. I walk. But completely different. I walk 30 to 60 right. minutes a day. There you okay. go. I walk a lot. It's, it's, it's really difficult to just look at you guys and say right. either one of you are unhealthy. If I'm looking There's at no this. way to tell on the surface who, who's really healthy. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, really Gotta good. look what's under the hood. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You're absolutely right. Yeah. I mean, the, the, one, the things that you... I mean, again, from what we do... We do use some of that just to be like, eh, you know, you may want to work on trying to get under here for health reasons. But then the day I would say, go get your blood drawn. Go get those read for you and see what where you're at with all these different um, p- panels that you got to look into. And then let's talk about how you could make lifestyle changes if you need it. Mm-hmm. Right? So, you know, hey, my... My my, you know, blood pressure, my sugar is right here, here, here. Okay, cool. Then we should make these changes if we can. Yeah, yeah but this is reflecting back on where we were discussing uh, in your line of business and your endeavors. Yeah, this is where the lifestyle changes matter even more. Yeah, because you know, to your point earlier, Harold, this is this is money driven. You look at obesity and the connection to. The financials of it, obesity in the United States tend to be 30 to 40% higher than above in terms of medical costs. Mm-hmm. So who's benefiting from that? The medical industry, pharmaceuticals. So there's this component there. And, and you know, you don't want to, I don't want to sound like a conspiracy theorist, but sure. how do you not question yeah. that? It's just, it's there. It's right in front of our face, right? And you should, you should, you should question it. Fuck it. Call me a conspiracy theorist. Prove me wrong then. Yeah. yeah. Right? Challenge. <laughs> Prove me wrong that there's no connection 
or association between all these parties that are just making our community unhealthy, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And they're going to hit the brown people first, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. We're going to be the ones that are hit first because, you know, it, it, it's not rocket science to know that we don't get, the brown folks don't get all the opportunities. They don't get the information that needed, that's needed. You don't get all the resources that's needed. It's, it's, this, that's the truth. Right. You know, they don't, they don't redistrict or redline white neighborhoods. Right. True. Right. And if I ever you ever see me start living in a white neighborhood, they'll be like, "Oh, so how'd you get here?" <laughs> I okay, right. And that's fine. That's that's what it, that's what it is, right? But you know, we there's there's money involved always, 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 and so you know us, our generation, and after us are the only ones that are going to be able to make any kind of like change moving forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Our, our, our parents are already fairly old. Fairly. I mean, my, mine are in their 80s already, right? So it's really us that starts with us here. And then these guys got to model and be educated enough because the re- that's the beauty of the Internet. Yeah. You can go get your information. <clears throat> As long as you get it from the right sources, right? So we educate ourselves enough and empower ourselves to, like, start with us first. Right. Right? And, and go from there. Because it's, it's a machine. It's a, it's a, it's a machine that's going to be hard to beat. Yeah. And it's, de- it's definitely a machine. So back, back to what you were saying about how this impacts the brown communities primarily – there was actually a 2022 state of obesity report. Yeah. That's like when my wife wakes up in the morning and she tells me how much weight I've gained. Her state of obesity report. <laughs> <laughs> Is she, she's in the health industry? She's a psychologist. psychologist. Oh, so, okay, cool. Uh, but the 2022 state of obesity report. Black adults have the highest rate of obesity in the United States at 49.9%. That's... Fucking daunting. That's fifty percent. So half of half of African black males, yeah, are considered half of the population. Yeah, Uh, compared to forty five point six percent of Hispanic adults. Forty five point six. That's still up there. Almost half. Forty one point four percent for white adults. Mm. And I guess this is where we're winning. Sixteen point one percent for Asian. We're winning. We're winning. That's it. We are winning. Cold rice. Winning the obesity game. Right. Two tacos and a two tacos and a sourdough jack the next day. (laughs) (laughs) Right. No, I mean there's 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 this. So that's where culturally it favors Asians because yeah. Right, because of the vegetables, the yeah. the natural remedies, mm-hmm. right? Eastern medicine. I, th- I think though, the fish, there's something the there though. I think because culturally, Asians have, for lack of better words, like to simplify it, they have culture. So they, so <laughs> me, meaning, meaning, okay. meaning that the Asian, the Asian culture, the Asian culture has tradition in their diet that they try to adhere to. The OGs try to adhere to what they were brought up generation after generation versus, you know, white America, African Americans. Like, the, the American food culture is what we have today. It's mm. mm. a good point. Right? So I think Asian culture, and to your point, like our generation and the generations after us, we have to hopefully do our part to try to adhere as much as we can to not the, not the food culture that's pushed on us by yeah. the mainstream, yeah. yeah, right, and and try and and stay away from the two processed tacos foods, and sourdough, the sourdough jacks, the the two tacos. <laughs> like again, like eighty twenty rule. Like maybe once in a while that's okay, but you can't have that three days, three times uh-huh. a day, uh-huh. right? Yeah. And I think um, also we eat a lot of seafood, we eat a lot of fish, yeah. and I think that's yeah. the Asian culture. Just historically, isn't it, it's not the mainstream food culture. So I think that's where it clashes, and I think. If 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 you if you can do your part, then you you try to adhere to your own culture's food as much as you can, and that's gonna hopefully yeah put you on a better path. And the thing is, like because of modern times, um, 
Yeah, we actually have to adjust what we are doing culturally too. Because we don't move like we used to. Right. Meaning we are, we're not out there farming and, and hunting our food, right? Correct. So um, you, we have to adjust. And that's why there's like these things like, oh, intermittent fasting. What's that all about? <laughs> Yo, we've been doing that forever. Yeah. Right? Um, so there, there's, again, lifestyle adjustments. If we can take the best things out of you know what our culture did and does and whatnot – and apply it and adapt it to what we're currently doing, I think that would be the best scenario, right? Um, but, man, it starts with with the kids. It starts when they're, like, toddlers. Mm. Like, how many of us were fed gerber food? Probably all of us. All Probably of all of us, us. I mean, right? Most of us. Now, some of the folks that I know that are having babies, they're like, no, we're making our own food. Man, good for y'all. Good for you, right? Because, you know, some of the jerk food is probably not even the best because of the processing and all that stuff, right? So it starts there because now you you have a a palate for for sweet stuff. And now as you get older, guess what? You have a sweet tooth Mm -hmm. because you were fed that when you were a little kid. That's Mm -hmm. what you know, right? Uh, it makes it a little like ding. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, I have a crazy sweet tooth. Damn you. Yeah, you, you, you're primed for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, completely primed. To right. The, Damn, to your Charlie. point earlier, the red. I, I want that was a really good point about um, Asians having culture. I think, I think it's all very true. When I'm trying to explore what um, the deeper meaning behind that is, I, I think there's just. Um, uh, more of a connection to those indigenous roots. And indigenous eating is the best type of eating. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a dichotomy there, though, especially in... in and I would, I would say this with all Asian culture. It's especially true for Filipinos. The dichotomy is they know when to be healthy, but then they know... Parents, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking of uh, older generations they know when healthy is healthy but then they also know um to play dumb or play oblivious <laughs> or the favors though oh right? sure sure yeah. sure um so that's sure. that's it's just something to reflect on yeah yeah i think in that sense you got you, you just have to be okay with your choice <laughs> yeah. yeah but that, that's that's the point he was making earlier about that. i mean that that's the 80 20 rule like uh, over yeah 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 they, they pick and choose when to be healthy but overall if you can majority it's the time. It's a pretty healthy diet. If you it's a if you put the right ingredients and unprocessed yeah. diet with the occasional, you know, chicharron and right. You know, well, as, right. as long as you're doing the second part of it, which we're going to move on to next, and that's what John was speaking of earlier. You could do the eighty twenty rule, but what's the second part? It's it's, it's fitness. What's the physical aspect that you're doing? Are you moving? Are you walking? Right. So right. Yeah. Eighty twenty. Right, I don't want to overspeak. But oh yeah, yeah. Doesn't you know? It's not the catch. Well, the eighty twenty is is overall wellness. As as when I talk to my clients about it, right? Meaning, eighty percent of the time you try you live and be what a healthy person would do. Right, twenty percent of the time you have a little bit of leeway. Right, okay, I might have a little whiskey tonight. Right. Uh, I haven't drank in weeks, so I'm like, cool, I'm good, yeah. right? Um, so there's there's that piece. So, um, and, and you know, as, as much as the food really matters, the thing that you said too was culture, right? Um, the culture and the individual individual have to um, realize like. The trueness of it, meaning, um, and I, I'm, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go a little bit beyond like what I normally talk about when it comes to wellness. But the thing is, I'm, what I'm gonna lead to is um, the psyche of the person. That includes their mental health, right, and how they manage stress levels. Because when it comes to wellness and the obesity problem, that's all connected to it, whether we like it or not, right. There was a famous trainer that was on TV that was like so saying, oh, it's all about calories in, calories out. Actually, it's not. 
There's more to it than just calories in versus calories out. Right? There's hormones. Right? right? There's a there's a great hormone that's released in our system that is very crucial to our health, but it could also um, work against weight loss. And that uh, that's a stress hormone called cortisol, cortisol. Right? You guys heard of that, right? Yeah. What's our society based out of right now? What's the what is all the what are we all experiencing all the time? Stress. Stress. So guess what? Your system is always stressed, right? So there's a pro- possibility that that's also is not working well for you. And then you eat food that stresses your body, the high pro- processed sugars. So it may not necessarily just be the calories in versus calories out. Mm-hmm. You have to kind of take all of that in consideration. And I know I'm kind of jumping ahead, but... You know, that's something to, to, to look at. Right. And that's why you have to take time to release stress and manage all that stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. But that's a good segue for, for fitness. Um, yes. And let's dive right into that. This statistic jumps right out at me when you're looking at um, fitness in the United States. Only one in five adults in the United States take part in exercise yep. every day. 100%. That's that's nuts, actually. When I think about it, just one in five people yeah. exercise. 20% or less. Yeah. Yeah. And that's nationwide, but that's also a reflection of your our microcosm community. Mm-hmm. Right? Because... When I, when I work with corporations and companies and we launch wellness and fitness programs, that's our marker. Can we get up to 20%? Oh, wow. Because the mentality, yeah. society, culturally, it's affecting it, right? Yeah. You would think if you work for this, hey, I work for Google and I'm getting this great fitness center, this benefit, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to go do it. Are you using it? Well, is the is is first and first and foremost is your mindset there? Uh-huh. Number two is the is the environment allowing you to actually take advantage of it? Yeah. Because now you got people making you work ten hour days. Right. Look at you like where'd you go? I'm gonna go work out. Oh, okay. You stay long. Cool. Go ahead, work out, and then look at you like kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. Right. But, you know, it's also a learned habitual thing, right? Right? It has to start again. Were you active when you were a little kid that you could actually push it till you get older? Or do you have to start over because you weren't doing it? Mm-hmm. So now those are different challenges, right? But what's crazy is, again, that's like a level of like, if we can get 20% of your population to get into these programs, we're actually winning. Yeah. I had a company I was working with. I had 30% of their population doing it. And I was like, woo, look at that. Yeah, that's 10% above average. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But think about that because, you know, again, look at, look at our small communities, right? Among, amongst, like, your, your, your family, your friends, who stays, who stays active? It's not a lot. Yeah. Probably, Probably less than 20%. 20%. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Because it, it, it's not a part of their, 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 their thinking or their lifestyle. Yeah, it's just that we're in 2023. You would think that number would be at, at least 50%. Yeah. And what the pandemic did, it actually made, gave people more excuses not to do it. Hmm. And then there was a population that did. It was like, it flipped. Right. Some were like, yeah, this is my time. And a lot was like, right. yeah, sorry about that. Go ahead. No, no, I was, I was just saying, but let's look at the other side of that. So only one in five people work out, but when we speak of the fitness industry, that's now valued in the United States at $32 billion. What, what's happening with the fitness industry valued at $32 billion when we're only getting up to 20% of our population to do right. a workout? Yeah, because the industry... Um they, 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 we make money off of trends and those that pay and don't ever use it. 
That's what they bank on. The home they, gym. You know, you, yeah. you're going to pay for a gym membership, right? Who, who and bought you, you a Peloton? Feel good. You feel good. Oh, yeah. You saw, you saw who didn't buy a Peloton? Who bought a Peloton? The pandemic. Yeah. Who still has it? Still have Who's it. Who's using it? Not oh. using it. But right. yeah, they, that's what they bank on, right? That's what they bank on. I mean, it's, 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 that's, the, that's the other side of our industry. And that's why we're like, oh, it's a growing industry. Yeah, because, you know, we say because more people need it. But we haven't solved the issue of can we keep people doing it? Doing it. it. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Right? You when just I, feel better. Oh, I do have it. When I first <laughs> worked at the gym, it was 24 Hour Fitness out in Daly City. I was only like 19 years old. And I walked in, I go, hey, what's the capacity of this facility? Like, mm-hmm. what's the max capacity? And how come you're still selling memberships? And then I realized, oh, that's because no, no, less than 20% of the people that pay for membership are using it. And yeah. that's still the way those big box gym yep. work. Right. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm not using it. But I have one. But I have one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Pat yourself on the back for having mm-hmm. one. Yeah. And then there is growth. There was a big growth in um, corporate wellness. Pre-COVID. No, well, well yeah, after COVID, during COVID, and now it kind of dropped because, well, I don't know what the stats are, but because companies were laying off and had to cut expenses, blah, blah, blah. So, But since it was introduced up to modern time, there was a big, you know, growth in corporate wellness because... Um, Companies, so we basically told companies that we can help you reduce your medical expenses. If we bring this in, get your population healthier, so now you won't have as many people sick, you won't have people calling in sick, you won't have people going to the doctor as much, right? And you have healthier, more productive population. Which is all true. Which is all true. I mean, there's... There's, so there's, there's the there's data in obesity there. Uh, those that are obese call in sick at least one third more than people who aren't obese. Yeah, yeah. And so companies see we we showed them how much money they can save and just invested in this, right? Um, and, and the funny thing is the the extensive studies on there actually doesn't show that. It's that effective <laughs> because again, only less than twenty percent will right. will actually jump on it, right? But we still we still bring it up to the companies that way, and actually, big big companies want it because it attracts the best talent. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can go go work for these guys because I'm going to get a, a wellness benefit. I, I mean, I know personally for me, it matters a lot. Yeah, it, it matters oh, 100%. a lot because, and, and I just see this uh, openly. Whether or not they actually mean they care about my work-life balance, yeah. If they're giving me the, the, the facade, right now it's kind of up to me, yeah. as well. So mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm, yeah, it's there. It's a benefit, right? Whether you're not, you take advantage of it. That's on you. Yeah. yeah. But from a from a construct, uh, a societal question here: Is there something wrong with how employers view this work-life balance? Are we just are we overworked? Is it part of why we're unhealthy? Oh, hundred percent. That's offering that and as a benefit is just a band aid. You're still not. You're still overworking people, mm-hmm. right? That's why this whole work from home life became the thing because people are realizing, oh, I can do all this stuff when I'm at home and not be so, you know, consumed. By the environment of being at, being at work, right? Yeah. But the flip side is people are working even more yep. at home, mm-hmm. which is crazy, right? So you're like, ah, oh, come on, because they already set the tone, and <clears throat> people are just following along because this is what I was trained to do. And accessibility, I, I think. <coughs> the, the cell phone is a is a leash for me. Mm. Um, having Having like two laptops, uh, you know, yeah, it helps my productivity, but it doesn't really help me from a personal level, you know. Um, and I could speak to that, and I'm sure you guys could speak to that too. But 
you know, going into the pandemic, uh, I would say my workload, um, let's not talk about the golf days. Just the, just the regular, just the regular days. Workload. The regular days. That's like fourteen to sixteen hours now on average, right? So that's probably oh, customary to most companies. <laughs> I work hard for those golf days, bro. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think the the thought might be there, but um, uh, you know, the businesses are still going to run the way. They can because they're competing. They're trying to, quote unquote, do what's best for business. Um, and so it really is a culture thing within this with these companies if they really want their employees to be healthy and well. Yeah. A lot of the these startups have that or they want that. Initially. Initially. And then when, you know, bigger opportunities, money and whatnot starts kicking in, then, you know, you'll have a change. Mm -hmm. But I think um, there is that acknowledgement that we need a different mindset when it comes to working hard. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, it's definitely, we're not a country that puts um, mental wellness at the forefront. (coughs) Excuse me. Nope. Bless you. For all our all our uh, data statistics and conversations about it, I, we just don't practice it. Oh yeah, is from running all the courts SF to the town. Dead pods, now we just running our mails. Barbershop talk, rocking the spot. Got you thinking these opinions all coming in hot. Lifelong bond has the convos flow. Time just goes, constant growth. Straight from the base, spreading knowledge and laughs. Listen up, show love, homie, it's the second half.